Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba da ba ba ba. With five seconds, he's going to throw it. Howard leaps. He has it. Touchdown, Carolina. Back from the dead to tie the game with two seconds to go. Snap back, spot down. The kick is cleanly away. It is good. And it's <laughs> with yes, a 54-yard field goal. And how about them Tar Heels? They do it. Here's Kupak. Gives off to Amos. He's good. He's good. He's good. He's Jordan back to kick. It's blocked again. Picked up. It'll be a touchdown, Carolina, for Bracey Walker. He blocks his second punt and scores his second touchdown of the season. It's 14 to 13. Mr. Jordan meet Mr. Walker. Bernard fields it at the 26. Heading to the far side. Gio at the 35. Gio, he's at the 50. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Gio, he's going to take it for a touchdown. This is the Heel Tough Blog Podcast on Spreaker.com. We welcome in from the Charlotte Observer. It is Langston Works Jr., the guy who does the best job, I think, out of just about anybody in the entire country when it comes to covering high school football. He's got one of the toughest beats in the entire country in the Charlotte area right now. And uh, we'll sit down and talk to him about an area that Mac Brown has came hard for since coming back to Carolina. We knew that he was going to start amping things up in the state of North Carolina, especially in the Charlotte area area and he has done exactly that and uh, Langston I mean when you look at you know this Charlotte area there's just so much talent here and Mac Brown he he definitely has had a huge impact to start out uh, his time here back at North Carolina for a second stint wouldn't you say yeah um, when he was here before in the 90s um, he quickly uh, built a fence around North Carolina I mean every football coach uh, really really had was high on Mac. They really liked him. He was by far, I think, the most popular college coach in the state. And you would see it every year at the Shrine Bowl. Um, you know, he's the ultimate politician as a football coach. And, uh, you, know, he's, he's, you know, he's also nice, like everybody's favorite grandfather, and also the ultimate politician. So it's kind of a, a tough combination. And he's, and he's brought in a lot of, uh, you know, big time guys like uh, Dre Bly that, that are familiar, certainly kids around Charlotte. Uh, Dre is being a, a Marsh Park parent and coach. And, mm-hmm. Uh, he's done a good job, you know. He's quickly, you know, built a pretty solid class out of uh, nothing really. 
Yeah, and I mean, you talk about the connection that Dre Bly has with a lot of these guys. I mean, you saw it even late in the 2019 class with a guy like Obi Egbuna. But one of the guys that it really affected early on in this 2020 class and actually got him to commit earlier this year, actually right after the turn of the year, was Cameron Roseman Sinclair. This is a guy that... You know, I've been to a lot of these camps around here, keeping an eye on him because he has been a big-time target for Carolina for a long time. And he is he is an exciting player. I mean, his size at safety, he, he's a guy that really I think could play either linebacker or safety because his in-the-box, hard-hitting yeah. style makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. You know, does, is that kind of the role that you see him fitting in? And, you know, I, I think that some people may underestimate his ball skills a little bit as well. He's, he's a Thomas Davis type. I'm not saying he's that good as what Thomas Davis was when he was in Georgia, but he's he's a safety, but he's really a linebacker. I mean, he, he, he wants to play, you know, up up near the line of scrimmage and, and make tackles and come up and hit people, you know, 6'3", 15 or so. I mean, he's a big body kid. He runs well. Smart football player. He's got a nasty streak to him. You know, I, I think that's something that's underrated. And football players, you know, basketball, they talk about somebody being a dog. In football, you want somebody who's got that nasty streak to him. And he's got that. And, you know, he, he has an attitude that I frankly think they need in Chapel Hill. I don't think they've had enough, enough kids with attitudes in recent years. Right, yeah. One of the guys that I kind of liken him to just from watching him a little bit, um, I think is Landon Collins, who played at Alabama and played for the Giants. A guy that's in the box, but does have some ability and coverage. Um, I'm interested to see, you know, how Carolina wants to use him, especially in Jay Bateman's defense, where, you know, he probably could play linebacker because of his athleticism, and Bateman's not really worried about a guy that has to be a certain weight to play linebacker. So it could be an interesting fit. Uh, you know, I wanted to ask you uh, then about two guys that come from the Belmont area. You got Ray Greer, the wide receiver out of South Point. Um, he's he's kind of interesting because they run a triple option all the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean they it, it's it's a run first offense for sure, and Absolutely. he's a guy that you know I I think. Is could be that take the top off the defense type of guy. He's got the ability to go up and get the football. Um, and then, I mean, you're talking about a guy in Kendall Carr, the tight end out of uh, Stuart Kramer High School in Belmont, who's a little bit different. He's a guy that's going to catch the ball a lot more. He's a guy that, you know, I, I think fits more of what Carolina is going to want to do offensively with the more air raid style offense that they're looking to go with. You know, out of, the, out of those two, um, I mean, you know, you, you look at both of them, I think that potentially out of the gate, Carr fits it a little bit better. But when you look at Ray Greer, is he a guy that could end up, you know, finding something here? Is he a guy that maybe has the ability to adjust think, to a yeah, better offense? Yeah, I think Ray Greer could be a, a, a guy who could break out and surprise some people. As you alluded to, he plays on a, a very, very run-heavy offense. He's 6'2", I don't know, 215. He's a big-body kid. I, I hear he runs legitimate 4'6", 40. He's got good speed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to, to go, I think he had 500 yards receiving or something last year, seven touchdowns, and maybe about the same the year before, and 11 touchdowns. And in that offense, I mean, that's like a 2,000-yard receiver. On another, I, don't, I don't mean that very on another team, they just right. don't pass the ball very much. He may have caught probably. If they, if he, I think he got twenty-seven passes, twenty-eight passes last year. Right. And I, I would, I would not doubt that they had 
but maybe 13 or 14 more completions as a team. They just don't throw it very much, but the coach has been really high on him. He told me uh, two years ago that kid was going to be special. And what I've seen to him on film, I saw him once live, and I've seen him from a bunch. And he, he definitely looks like a kid who's got a lot more in the tank, so to speak, a lot, he had, a lot more he had shown us. And I think uh, he could be the type of player that, that, that could definitely surprise some people and, and be an impact player at the college level. Kendall Carr is another kid that he has 30 something offers, I think. He's 6'4", 240, I mean, legit, I mean, big body kid, three-star recruit, but, I mean, he has all those offers, and, and it's, uh, they're not all from little itty-bitty schools. And, you know, another kid, um, 40 catches, I think, at the tight end spot, and uh, I may have the stats wrong, like 600 yards and seven touchdowns and, and very similar production as a sophomore. I mean, I, I just think he's going to be a really solid player. Maybe has to, you know, develop a little bit, uh, maybe year one, year two, maybe even get a red shirt. I think that he could definitely be another kid that can come in. I mean, what they're bringing in are guys who can play football and, and, and be quality depth and maybe even start. I, I think that's what you're going to need as you try to build a football team. And I think one of those guys is Malik McGowan, who comes out of Charlotte Catholic. You uh, know, he don't need to develop. <laughs> he, he does. I mean, he don't need to put no more size on. That is a man that is ready to go day one. That is a big boy. Um, I, I don't know what the rankings say in North Carolina, but I've not seen a better offensive lineman than Malik McGowan. I, I mean, I thought he was maybe one of the best offensive linemen last year as a junior in state. I mean, he's a, he, he is just superior athletically. Um, to be that big and to be that nimble is just a, a rarity. And I remember seeing him as a freshman. I was like, well, is he graduating next year? And he told me, no, he's a freshman. I said, oh, my God. You know, he's just he's a man mountain, and, and he's uh, – you know, he just moves so well. I mean, he just he gets out of right. the stands, he gets his hands up, and nobody can get around him. Knocks guys down. He's Captain Pancake. And, uh, he's he's ready to go right now. He's ready to go. Yeah. Do you think that? there'll be any trouble with him because he is transitioning from a non-traditional offense to an offense that's going to pass the ball a lot or do you think that he has the ability is is a lot more now than he used to Mm -hmm. so I don't think it'll be a huge transition because he does have to pass block so I actually want to stay championship last year by passing the ball not by running and you know he he does a really good job at it and he is a phenomenal run blocker but I think he's going to be a great pass blocker too Anybody, as I said, who's that athletic guy that stands that quick and his hands up is going to be able to pass that run block. I, I think that kid's ready right now. I, I think he will start from Carolina, at Carolina. They won. I really do. Yeah, there are a lot of people that do believe that. A lot of the people that have been around him really like everything about him. And, I mean, look, he, he's a guy that is, I mean, he, he's tough to manage on a football field, but he is one of the nicest kids. I've met him a few oh. times, and he's a great kid. Great kid. Yeah, he is a great kid. So, um... You know, one of the other guys. This was the mo- one of the most recent guys is Cedric Gray from Audrey Kellen. I, I watched him um, a little bit. Now I know he played for an Audrey Kell team this past year that really wasn't all that great. They've had a couple of tough years yeah, back to back. Yeah, yeah. And he's yeah, he's, he's a little yards and thirty and forty some high catches on a right. bad team. He is he's he's uh, I'm trying to give you a comparison, but I mean he he's a really He's a big body athlete. Speed. He's a great basketball player. Uh, he led their basketball team, I think, to the third round of playoffs last year in the conference championship. And he's a uh, conference tournament championship, rather. But he's a really good athlete, really good vertical leap, uh, really good looking kid uh, physically. Um, another kid who I think can come in and, and, and kind of like the kid Ray Greer, eventually be a, 
a major contributor what they're doing. Uh, you know, Mr. Howes, the quarterback, he could definitely be a, a good receiver for him down there. Yeah, I mean, he the, the one thing that I saw immediately from him, he catches everything. I mean, there are oh, yeah. balls that are thrown just miles over his head, and he will still go up and get them somehow. Yeah. And I think, when, and not to disparage his quarterback, but I'm saying once, once he gets to, you know, where the, where the balls come in at different angles on a, on a continuous basis, he's going to be even better. And remember, everybody's, you know, focusing in on him, and, and they and he's still going for 1,100 yards. Right. You know, not, not the greatest passer throwing it to him. And, and I think that kid's going to be special. I, I think he's... Uh, one of the bigger diamonds in the rough in my area. Now, here's another one. This is the guy that I really like a lot that not a lot of people talk about, and that's Elijah Burris up at Mount Island Charter. Now, I know this is a guy that comes from a 1A school, so people are going to say, how does it translate? But this kid, I mean, this dude has run for, uh, what is it over 2,000 yards in back-to-back seasons? Yeah, I think it, yeah, yeah, something really ridiculous, and um, I, I, I saw his stats for the first time, and I said, you know, he, he had like eight carries for, I don't know, 400 yards. I mean, literally in a game. I said, man, I can't be real. And I, I went and looked at the film, and it was really real. <laughs> now, I can't say who they're playing against. I, I'm, I'm looking up his stats. So he had 2,800 yards last year and 1,550 the year before. Oof. And like uh, 57 touchdowns in two years. So he's got 64 touchdowns and 5,200 yards in his career. Um, again, you do have to look at the quality competition. He, he's 5'8". That's kind of the biggest thing, 5'8", 200 pounds. I don't know if it's that heavy. Um, but, you know, there's just a worry when you take a, a kid from a small school who puts up big numbers and not, you know, facing elite competition. You know, it kind of happened with the quarterback that was there. Um, same kind of thing with Surratt. And, I think he's going to be a great player. I think he's got to find the right position for him. But, you know, I think Elijah, if he doesn't pan out in the running back, I think there's a position for him on the team. And maybe a slot receiver, punt return or something like that. But, I mean, he's, he's got, you know, that, that shiftiness, the quickness. I'm not sure how fast he is line to line. But mm-hmm. It's just, it, it, it's hard to, it's just hard until you see him on the field, everybody else. And you just have to trust that those guys at the top of the hill know what they're doing when they're recruiting. Right. Well, one of the guys that nobody will question if they end up landing him, and this is the last thing that I'll ask you, is Trenton Simpson, the outside linebacker. Now, this is a guy that, look, he's a freak because he played running back. I in North Carolina. I know a lot of people really have Desmond. Uh, like yeah, that. Desmond Evans from uh, Lee yeah, County. Yeah. A lot oh, of people yeah. really high on Desmond Evans. I've seen Desmond Evans play several times. I think this kid is the best player in North Carolina. I think that the reason why he's went second by a lot of people is he just hasn't played linebacker very long. He's really made a true commitment to it last year. He's still splitting time. I mean, this kid is, I mean, he's he's legit 6'3 and a legit 220 pounds and has room to put on a lot more weight. I mean, he's going to be, you know, the prototypical SEC type of linebacker, that 6'3", 240-pound dude. Mm-hmm. And if Carolina were able to get him, I think he would be a really, really big star. I think he's got a definite chance, more so than anybody we're talking about him playing on Sundays. He's a real – and McGowan too, but he's a real, real thing. I mean, he, he's, he's absolutely the truth. He has a nose for the football. 
he, he can find it. He's got track speed, so he can, you know, sideline side to sideline. There's a guy in Charlotte named Luke Keekley, everybody's really fond of. And I, I'm not saying he's Luke, but I'm saying he kind of reminds me of when I see Luke play at the pro level, what he does at high school level, just how he's able to track balls down, sideline to sideline, how he can read the defense, and how he can just get over top of people. He's got long arms, and he's just hard to block. He bats balls down. I mean, he's, he's just got a nose for the football. I mean, I, I, like I said, I think he's the best player in North Carolina. Yeah, I, I I tend to agree with you. Honestly, I've seen both of those guys out of camps. Um, you know, I, I like Evans a lot, but I I just think don't get me wrong, he's great. Oh, he is, but it seems I like this kid, I think this kid is, is because he, he just hasn't done it long enough, and I think right. as people get to see him do it more and more, they you know, Coach Mike Palmieri made a great move moving him from running back. Where he was a good running back. But moving him to the linebacker where he's a great linebacker. Yeah, exactly. Because he went from a guy that was a three-star prospect, sort of middle of the recruiting class at running back, to a guy that's now inside the top 100, continues to keep climbing. And, uh, you know, I've seen him at multiple camps. I think the kid's amazing. He fits what Bateman's going to want to do with the athleticism. Exactly like you said, he's sideline to sideline. I mean, the, the guy is everywhere. There's no beating him around corners. It just doesn't happen. That tracks me. So, oh, yeah. He won a couple hundred-yard dashes in the conference. It's probably the toughest in the state of North Carolina. So he is a, he's a special talent, and if North Carolina were to get him, and I know he's been up to Carolina probably 57 times by now, but North Carolina would get him that big huge well, yeah, we uh, hopefully we'll, we'll be talking about him down the line potentially, and uh, there still are a couple other guys in the area that the Tar Heels are looking at. Um, so if we do land anybody else out of the Charlotte area, which is surely possible, then uh, we will, of course, let you know right here on the Heel Tough Blog podcast, and uh, we'll definitely have to have you back on, Langston. Tell them where they can find all of the information, because you guys do such a great job of covering the Charlotte area when it comes to high school sports. Yeah, I appreciate it. I mean, you can find us at charlotteobserver.com. You know, you can follow me on Twitter at LangstonWorks, W-E-R-T-Z. And I'm on, uh, at LangstonWorks Jr., rather. And I'm on uh, Instagram as well. And uh, we have at Charlotte Preps. So one of those one of those four channels I gave you, you can find us. And, you know, I appreciate the, uh, the kudos for the coverage. We try really hard. All right, Langston. Hey, thanks very much, man. Uh, you take care. Hey, uh, make sure that you say hey to my guy Tim Donnelly uh, down the line for me because that's one of my guys. I was with him uh, over with the Charlotte Rush. He does a great job helping you guys out with some of your high school football coverage and everything. So. All right. So, hey, we'll uh, we'll talk to you down the line, Langston, and uh, best of luck this year. It's going to be a fun year around the Charlotte area. We'll be out and about uh, looking at some of these guys, and hopefully we'll see you out there while we're out while while we're uh, doing what we're doing. All right, Anthony. Take care, man. All right. You too. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Langston Wirtz, Jr. of the Charlotte Observer, guys. He is one of the best in the country. I mean, it's it's really that simple. He covers so many teams in this area, and you heard me. He just reeled off all that information for you guys about those players. And like I said, there are some of them. I mean, Cedric Gray, no offense to him, and and it's not you know anything that is meant to be taken personally. That was an Audrey Kell team that went 4-7 and seven last year. They were not a team that many people have on the map, but Langston is a guy that takes the time out of his day to learn about those guys and really get some quality, in-depth information, and he did such a great job. I'm so glad that we were able to get him on here to talk about 
about some of our great guys that are going to be coming down the line from the Charlotte area. As you guys know, this is part of this series that we're doing to help you guys get introduced to some of the players that are currently committed in the 2020 class. Now, I do want to stress this, that some of these guys that we are talking about, they may not end up staying committed to Carolina. That's always a possibility. I'm not saying that there's anything that is leaning towards that. I'm All I'm saying is, if you listen to this, sometime down the line and one of these guys has decided to flip his commitment, or if Trenton Simpson was to go somewhere else, please do not say, you know, do, do not take any offense to that or anything. But these are the guys who are committed right now, and we wanted to talk as much as we possibly could about them, get you guys familiar with some of these guys as we get ready to head into their senior years at high school. And I, I mean, look, we talked about so many of these guys in the Charlotte area. There are a lot of other guys that we did not talk about from the Charlotte area that are big-time prospects and are being looked at. Guys like Jacoby Cowan, the four-star defensive end from Providence Day High School. He got the four-star defensive end, his teammate, Kedrick Bingley-Jones from Providence Day High School that we didn't talk about. There are a lot of guys from this area that are big-time targets for the Tar Heels, and some of those guys may end up being swayed by Mac Brown's return to Chapel Hill. One can only hope, but you know there are some other guys that may pop up throughout the year. There's some other guys that we will definitely keep an eye on as we go throughout this season and even through next year. The Charlotte area is buzzing with talent in the 2020 class. 2021 is looking great and even some of the guys that we're seeing from 2022 are already starting to impress. So the Charlotte area, look, this is the area that Mac Brown has to recruit very well. Here in Greensboro, those are the two major areas that you have to recruit in the state of North Carolina. Out towards the coast is really starting to grow a little bit too, but I think the Charlotte area and the Greensboro area are where you have to nail you know, everything that you do on the recruiting trail. That's just part of it. And if they can do that, I think this staff really has a chance to be extremely successful and regain the state. So that's going to do it for this edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. I want to thank Langston Wirtz Jr. from the Charlotte Observer for joining us. You guys can look him up on Twitter at Langston Wirtz Jr. and find all of his great coverage on the Charlotte area. I know a lot of you guys that do listen to this are, you know, in the state of North Carolina at the least, and we'll want to keep up with most of our prospects. So make sure that you do. Uh, if you guys want to keep up with everything Toriel football, there's only one place to do it, and that is HeelToughBlog.com. That's right, www.HeelToughBlog.com. We got you covered with everything that goes on around Toriel football. Right now, we got some great articles up about Jacoby Cowan's commitment. We have the weekly storylines article for you if you need to get updated on that. And we got the latest edition of the podcast that we did earlier today. This one will actually be the latest, but there's also another edition that we did earlier today with the Houston Chronicles' Adam Coleman, where we talked about Malik Hornsby and his commitment to Carolina, what he's going to bring to the table. So make sure that you guys check that out. We got some great stuff that's coming up down the line. Um, you know, we're doing the no huddle updates. If you guys aren't keeping up, you can go to Facebook. Make sure you like and follow the page so you can keep up with everything that goes on there. We got what now is called the no huddle update. It's basically the verbal edition of weekly storylines. Although weekly storylines will usually have a few more thrown in there as opposed to the no huddle updates, which will be a little bit shorter. It just keys in on the major storylines. So 
you know, we, we take a look at, you know, what, everything that's going on around Tar Heel football during that week. Um, we've even started to get some video footage in there as well. So that's really interesting. If you guys want to check that out again, that's on Facebook. Just search Heel Tough Blog and you can like and follow there. Also, you can head over to Twitter and follow Heel Tough Blog on there at Heel Tough Blog. Or if you want to just follow me directly so you get all the coverage, you can just follow me at Future Tar Heel, or you can just search my name, Anthony Pagnata, on Twitter, and that'll take you to the same place. So, once again, want to thank you guys for listening, and as always, go Tar Heels! Ah!